0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. A lot to like, but what stood out the most about the team's performance on Monday Night Football? So much to choose from. More importantly, though, are the Cardinals beginning to change the national narrative about this offense and the defense showing it's not just Chandler Jones. Cardinals with a big win over Big D. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 335, and it starts now. Can't say I'm surprised, MJ, but there was a part of me that was still a little bit disappointed on the conversation nationally immediately Monday Night Football and then Tuesday morning. I get it. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, they moved the needle, yet they were embarrassed on Monday Night Football. And you turn on ESPN, the NFL Network, and the first conversation is about what's wrong with the Cowboys.
1: Well, that's what happens when you, you have America's team, and let's be honest, on paper, and we know that obviously it's got to translate on the field, they have a talented roster. Now they've been hit with the injury bug at both the tackle positions. They lose uh, Zach Martin last night. They've been hit on the injury bug. But, you know, Cardinals have had injuries. A lot of teams have injuries. But I can't tell you how many people text me uh, after the game this morning you know, people that watch the game, whether they live in the state of Arizona, they were, you know, somewhere else, and they said Cardinals were up twenty one nothing and when the fourth quarter came and I know it was garbage time, but the focus was on the Dallas Cowboys. Same thing this morning. Now, good morning football talked about the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and the defense and then you throw on ESPN and that's all they're talking about is the Dallas Cowboys. So from a national perspective on you know, I think people have watched highlights on Colin Murray um, and maybe they've seen highlights on this team, especially uh, with the, where we're being in the West Coast and the NFC versus the AFC. You know, hopefully they got a chance to see that this team is on the rise and they haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to the offense. Yes, I guess they scratched the surface, but there's so more, much more to this offense and that's all we keep hearing. And there's only 16 games, so I hope they figure it out between now and the next couple of weeks.
0: I liked what head coach Cliff Kingsbury had to say in the locker room speech that you can see on azcardinals.com. Quote, we like playing under the bright lights. Let's play ourselves into a lot more of these games. I can tell we like this moment. End quote. We are a couple of weeks away before the NFL flex schedule, meaning games can be moved to Sunday night another national primetime stage that back in the day when then head coach Bruce Arians was running the show NBC loved the Arizona Cardinals they were on a lot we might be getting to that stage and whether that happens later this season or next season it always seems to be a little bit behind where we think the Cardinals should be on a national perspective yet I think that's what we're here to provide here on Cardinals Cover 2 bird gang comes to us to get the Cardinals perspective and if you want more of the national scene well then you turn on the national networks
1: yeah and you know you start looking at the remaining schedule it's got to be who the opponent is if they're going to flex something out so let's go hypothetical here and I don't like to look ahead because the focus right now should be the Seattle Seahawks and then the Cardinals can kind of reevaluate things during the bye week because we know the schedule is going to get much more difficult but Hypothetically, if you have division games in Week 16 and 17 and you're playing for something, whether it's, you know, the first wild card, the second or third, and you could be playing the team that's winning the division and number one C could be on the line, that's where I see they possibly can get flexed out. Now, you, you hit it right on the head. NBC loved the personalities on the Arizona Cardinals during that run, you know, from the head coach to Carson Palmer, once you get a chance to know him, you know, off the field, Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones. I mean, they had a lot of personality, so I understand why, and they won 13 games that year, and Carson Palmer was in the MVP conversation. Now, we're not there yet. Um, but start stacking wins and people will take notice and you'll force the networks to say that could be an option for us. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I
0: like what you said. Force the hand of the national narrative. And these next six games that the Cardinals have, they've played six. Here's the next six. Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills, Seahawks, Patriots and Rams so we're just a little bit over a third of the way through the season four and two looks very very good could it be better absolutely but certainly what the Cardinals did not only 24 hours ago on Monday Night Football certainly moved the needle and let's get into what happened at AT AT&T Stadium 38 to 10 the final and really it was not even that close there is so much to get into so much to dissect what looked good And I don't know if we can get into all of it here in this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. So give me one or two, and then we can kind of go debate back and forth. But for you, when you're looking at what happened over those 60 minutes, including the first 15 minutes of a very awful first quarter, the one thing that you took away, the one thing that when you went home from State Farm Stadium last night that you said, yep, I liked that the most.
1: I got one and one eight. Okay. The defense, um, because we knew going in, you know Dallas was going to try to run the football. They weren't able to run the football, and it doesn't help when you put the ball on the carpet in back-to-back possessions with Ezekiel Elliott. And the fact is, we kind of had an idea that you know it was known that Andy Dalton was one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. You know he's got so many incentives in his contract; he can make seven point five million. His base salary is three. And I thought we'd see the bootlegs and the waggle plays. We didn't see that. They, they, Vince Joseph did a great job on putting pressure on Andy Dalton. And and one A would be Buddha Baker. I mean, do I need to say any more? The tackling wasn't an issue. Missed tackles. This guy is a tackling machine. And Brian Baldinger did a uh, a video on Twitter today and social media, and he, and he said this guy should be teaching how do you tackle, how do you attack the ball. And when he doesn't make the play, he's able to punch the ball out and still get the force fumble. So Buda Baker. Um there's a reason why the Cardinals made him the highest-paid safety in football. I think he could be in that Defensive Player of the Year conversation. Now, again, it's going to come down to wins and everything else and rankings, and the Cardinals right now, points allowed, they're second overall. Hey, Stefan Gilmore won it last year with a really good Patriots team. So Buda Baker to me, is just – you know, you give the Cardinals credit for moving up in the draft – um, they liked him. I'm sure teams are going back to their draft evaluation saying, why didn't we have this guy? Because I think what he did on Monday Night Football, he showed the nation he's one of the best safeties in football.
0: Played 81 of 86 defensive snaps, finished with 7 tackles one sack one tackle for loss two quarterback hits one interception and one pass defense plus a forced fumble he certainly was a stat stuffer and the interception the first of his career we can finally say Buda Baker has one interception the one he had in the Pro Bowl off Lamar Jackson we kind of always reference and tease him about it doesn't really count Monday Night Football Andy Dalton yes and it was the fact that you mentioned He's not playing at 100%, and I don't know how many NFL players are at this point in the season, but he's got a cast on his right thumb. So you would think that tackling and certainly interceptions – catching the ball would be difficult but as he described he kind of caught it and I'm and then I realize here on the podcast it's hard for people to see so I'll do my best trying to, to explain it he had his arms outstretched so instead of really catching it with his hands he used his arms and chest to catch the ball and really lock it in and then had the presence of mind to get up and take off now for further review, it was noticed that he was touched, so he didn't get that long return. It's unfortunate. But still, one of four takeaways in that ball game by a defense that entering yesterday's contest had only taken the ball away twice.
1: Yeah, and he has a scoop score uh, for a touchdown, so it's not like he hasn't been in the end zone as a defensive player. But, you know, we're, the first thing when Steve Kime and the Cardinals made the decision in the organization as a whole – to extend him that was the first thing everyone said I didn't realize he's never had an interception how are you paying that guy all that money well popping the tape that's why you pay him the money
0: yeah because what he does is infectious and transfers to everyone else people love playing with him and the energy that he has people feed off of that and if you need any more indication how about this news and again I didn't notice it during the broadcast watching it last night, but now on his uniform, he has that C on his chest. He was given it on Saturday night because with the loss of Chandler Jones for the season, there's one less captain on the defensive end, and the team felt it was necessary and Buda Baker worthy of being a team captain. So now he joins Corey Peters, Jordan Hicks, and Patrick Peterson on that side of the ball with that C on their Cardinals uniform.
1: Quite frankly, I don't know why he didn't get it to begin (laughs) with. And when I start thinking about it now... You know, you look at Corey Peters, definitely a leader. He got, you check the box off a D line Maybe in the future, you know, a guy like Jordan Phillips will be that guy. Then you look at the linebacking in court, you're not going to give it to Simmons. You're not going to give it to Campbell. First year, you give it to Hicks. And then in the secondary, you know, just based on body of work, you give it to Peterson. But looking back, he should have been voted as a team captain. It's, and it's voted on by the players. And, you know, usually teams will go two, two, two. 2 2 2 um, this year they had one special teams. They went heavy on defense, and then obviously Kyler got the uh, the you know uh, the captaincy, and then D-, uh, D J Humphreys, and of course Larry Fitzgerald. So every year it's kind of different, but it, the players do vote on it. Um, and again, maybe they just put three names on a list and he you know when you look at Corey and players know what he means in that locker room he's the he's kind of like EF, and he's the voice of reason when you listen to him talk he when you listen to him talk you know what's going on with the team and I've learned that over the years when it comes to Corey Peters but well deserved and I, I think that C will be on his his front of his jersey Throughout the remainder of his career, as long as he's with the Arizona Cardinals.
0: And I wonder if it was more of a longevity thing. And everyone else, a Peters, a Hicks, a Jones, a Peterson—they've all played more years with more experience.
1: Yeah, and, and and Murray's only second year, but that position demands, you know, uh, leadership. And so I think it was worthy that uh, again the players thought that Kyler was worthy. Of being a captain and obviously when you're the quarterback there's a lot of leadership there
0: now the other thing i did not notice at the time during the game last night with respect to buda baker was the bowling a strike that was awesome celebration i did not catch that until later after the game and watching the highlights but the choreography and the fact that this was something that was discussed in pre-game warm-ups Baker said it was Patrick Peterson's suggestion, hey, let's do this when we make a big play. Not if we make a big play, when we make a big play. And it was very well organized, and you had the entire defense down there. They were with-
1: running down the field to get, <laughs> to get in the uh, the bowling pins. I mean, I, you know, usually there's 12 pins. They may have 15 guys. It was perfect. And you could see how much fun they are having. You know, I, I was watching Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago, and and, and they were winning, and you know, he was—he had a different uh, look on his face after they were up 10-0 against the Bucks. But he was having so much fun, and I'm like, is Kyler ever going to have that opportunity where he's smiling on the sidelines? And the way he was jumping down the field uh, when he threw that bomb uh, to Hopkins you could see it and then on the sidelines you know they're you know as the game is ending he he was smiling and then if you want to check out you know these guys uh behind the scenes go to Christian Kirk's Instagram account he posted a 13 second video and just the guys were having so much fun in the locker room and that's what winning does like um, at the end of the day, it, these guys are family and they all come from different outlets and different backgrounds and they all come together. I wish society was like that because it's so refreshing to see. And I know how winning helps, but they're having fun out there. And ultimately, when you step on the field, it's about football. But you could see that they really like each other. And I don't know if that was the case, you know, the last couple of years when you're only winning three and five games.
0: Well, I think a lot of it is, as you said, winning helps. It makes it a lot easier to wake up the next morning, go into work, put in the work, work to get better, and then try to keep that feeling going. It's almost impossible for an extended period of play along an entire 16 game season 17 week season yet what we've seen now is this team does have the ability to stack wins a big test coming up this week with the Seattle Seahawks which we'll touch on more in a moment but you look at the defense as a whole because for me my big takeaway was the defense as well but in particular what defensive coordinator Vance Joseph was going to do without Chandler Jones on the field and I thought there was a great rotation of outside linebackers Everyone got into the mix. Whether it was a Hassan Reddick, a Devon Kennard, Reggie Walker, Dennis Gardeck. they all had a hand in making the quarterback, in this case Andy Dalton, very uncomfortable in the pocket.
1: Nine different Cardinal defenders finished the night with multiple pressures on Dalton. We'll start with Hassan Reddick, seven. Kennard, five. Buda Baker, four. Corey Peters, J- Jordan Phillips, Dennis Gardeck, Three. Lucky, Fo two, Jordan Hicks, and Reggie Walker, who just got here, they had two. So that's nine different players that had multiple pressures on the quarterback. I want to say the Cardinals almost had twenty three or twenty four pressures less less than on Andy Dalton. Well he was He sacked. threw the ball fifty four times. Well,
0: yes. Well and that's what happens when you're able to get up. Yes. Are you going to lead? And then all of a sudden, the defense can be a lot more aggressive. But it was an aggressive defense right out of the gate. Dennis Gardak nearly had a sack for a safety, safety yep. early in the contest. Just missed. And there was a lot of just misses early in the contest. But I liked to keep the guys fresh. And maybe Devon Kennard didn't show up on film. He did play 61 snaps, but he became the focal point because he was the next best outside linebacker. And I think it opened it up. The uh, for everyone else to kind of have a little bit of a run. Gardeck didn't play a lot, but made the most of his snaps. Reggie Walker just elevated from the practice squad. He had a hand in what happened. And then, of course, Reddick with two sacks, his first multi-sack game of his career. He is someone that has certainly taken a little while, but I think he has found his role and found a fit on the football field.
1: You know, somebody asked me this morning, What do you think about reddick next year and i said well first of all he's being productive he's he's in a really good system um does he want to go somewhere else and again money talks and it's all it takes is one team but you know the fact that he's gone through so many coordinators and he's found his natural position uh you know i can't speak for the organization you obviously obviously you want to get better but um, Chandler's going into the final year of his contract. Cardinals would like to extend him. Canard's under contract for at least another year or two. Uh, I would consider bringing him back. And and the grass isn't always greener. Now, mo- money talks. I get it. Too, there's always two things when it comes to free agency, fit and asking price. And you can put them in any order because the asking price sometimes outweighs the fit but the fit would be he could be a starter or the first guy to come off and he could be a great rotation player this can this can keep hassan rudick in the league for a few years whether it's here or somewhere else so i wouldn't rule it out even though they didn't pick up his fifth year option it was kind of like prove it and i think he's proven it not only here but around the league
0: yes because he is showing up on film and other teams can take notice now of course you have a game like that on Monday night football now how do you respond because you become added to the scattering report and teams are going to recognize hey 43 is just as good or we have to pay attention to him as well as 42 as that is the number of Devon Kennard.
1: the thing is he's, he he just didn't flash in one game this he's trending in the right direction it started when they decided to to put him out there and you know obviously you know the, the team was looking for that fourth outside linebacker and, you know, he's number three. Now he's number two behind Kennard. So he's trending in the right direction. If he would have just had one game and he disappears for two, I would say we know that with the writing's on the wall. But I don't see that. And, Craig, I want to ask you about uh, Isaiah Simmons because you tweeted some stuff out. He played 21 snaps. I want to say two or three tackles. He had a pass defense. He, and you pointed out he did play a little safety.
0: He was lined up middle of the field, and then once the ball was snapped, he dropped into coverage. And according to Pro Football Focus, which Kyle Lodegaard of azcardinals.com wrote about earlier this morning, he played 15 snaps, talking about Simmons, in coverage, allowed one completion for six yards on two targets. And this is a couple of different times now we've seen Simmons drop into coverage. There was the game, I believe, in New York, and Darren Urban was on site noticed it but both those times there was a penalty flag against the Jets so that play quote-unquote never happened but little by little they're finding a way to get Simmons on the field but I'll go back yes you want to see him on the field but if he's on the field who are you taking off and that has been the biggest thing that I've argued against I don't care if you're a first round draft pick I don't care if you're the number one overall draft pick I need to win ball games on Sundays. Can he help me win? If the answer is yes, great. But if he is behind a Jordan Hicks, a Devondre Campbell, okay, now you need to figure out another way, but that takes someone else off the field. Easier said than done.
1: Yeah, I've heard people say, you know, because um, I've said, who are you taking off the field? And people have said, well, you find a role for him they're trying to win football games. This is, I mean, we talk about rebuilding and reloading. Uh, this team is much better personnel. They're competing at a high level. Uh, listen, just nothing against, um, Isaiah Simmons. Again, they didn't draft him for this year. They drafted him for the next four or five years. And last I checked, Campbell's on a one year deal and who knows, you know, he's going to try to go out and get free agency and good for him. He bet on himself. So, um, it's not. I mean, you draft the guy eighth overall. Yes, you, you think he's a plug-and-play guy. And and Steve Kime, In fairness to him, um, he said the only way he's going to get better is reps. So his reps are are increasing. Um, he'll never be you know a three-down linebacker at least this year. But there you could see the upside. And I think he's got to get stronger. But he's got to feel more comfortable and confident in what he's doing if he's going to make some plays. But you know, just having him on the field, I, I, th- I think you know there's something to build there. Um, but again, built, uh, Rome wasn't built in one day. It's, you know he's a piece of clay, and they got to mold him. And right now, you're you're still you know making the clay to to find of figure out what he is in the future.
0: And right now, he is part of a defense that is looking very very good as far as the stats are concerned. The three main numbers or the three main defensive categories that Vance Joseph looks at: points allowed, red zone, and third down. Cardinals right now. Second best in scoring defense behind only the Baltimore Ravens. Cardinals allow 18.7 points a contest. Cardinals number two in red zone defense behind only the Chicago Bears and seventh best in stopping teams on third down. Those are the only stats that matter when it comes to a defense. Total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, who cares? But if I can keep a team from scoring – Breaking news here on Cardinals Cover 2, MJ. We're going to win.
1: Yeah, and, you know, points allowed. I mean, teams can go from the 20 to the 20, and you get into the red zone, and we know there were issues last year settling for field goals, you know, like 35-yard field goals, which are like extra points. You know, I'm going to mention these teams in in the top five, okay? The Ravens are number one, no surprise, 17.6. Cardinals are number two at 18.7. And then the Steelers, who some people think they have the best defense in football. Now, they just lost one of their uh, linebackers in Bush. The Dolphins, obviously, you know, they've acquired talent over the years. They got really good secondary in Howard. And you throw in um, Byron Jones, who they paid a lot of money to. And the Rams are at 19. So that is impressive. The Cardinals have been down there in the 30s when it comes to points allowed. And they're going to face a team this week that's averaging 34 points a game.
0: Well, keep in mind, the Cowboys were averaging almost 33 points a contest, and I understand Dak Prescott hurt, backup Andy Dalton, yet the offensive weapons were still there with Ezekiel Elliott and the three-headed monster at wide receiver. So the standard has been set, and now we need to see this defense keep it up. Is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. Can you always hold a team to 10 points? Probably not. But this is two straight weeks now. The Jets and the Cowboys that you have held to just 10 points and that is certainly something that Vance Joseph can go in and say look we are running a scheme that is going to work because hey look it's not just on paper anymore we're showing it on the field
1: yeah we pointed this out on the red sea report that our colleague Kyle Odegaard who does a great job with Darren Urban on easycardinals.com he tweeted out early this morning that Cardinals have allowed the fewest points in the NFC with 112, including teams that have only played five games. This is night and day from a year ago.
0: Well, and the big difference, second year in the same system and the defensive additions, Jordan Phillips, Devon Kennard, Devondre Campbell, and Drake Kirkpatrick have all had a hand in this defense. And I think it speaks volumes. You add those many players, new players, and sometimes it takes a little while for everyone to come together as a complete unit. Yet here we are six games in, and these numbers speak for themselves.
1: And one thing that Buddha said, and it wasn't a knock on Chandler because I'm not going to try to um, mislead you, it's a huge loss. I mean, yes, he was getting off to a slow start, but we know how sacks are. They, they come in bunches. He had quarterback hits. He had pressures. He had uh, tackle for losses. So, But Buddha said it's going to make us more of a team on defense. In other words, Different guys are going to get different roles, and they're going to step up. You don't replace Chandler Jones, so I don't want to get misled here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But from a team standpoint, we mentioned guys like Reddick, Kennard, Baker, Peters, Phillips, Gardick, Foto, Hicks, Walker. They all put pressure on the quarterback on Monday night.
0: Yeah, this defense is not just Chandler Jones. There's a lot more to it than that, and I think everyone saw that. On Monday night, well, football. Well,
1: got guy's got guys to chip in now. Now there's opportunities because before he gets double or triple team, hopefully I can get free. Um, you know, teams are obviously game planning for him, so maybe the ball doesn't come your way where you don't get a chance to get a tackle. Now it's wide open. Put your hand in the pile. Make a play.
0: Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. more as we continue here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals not even 24 hours after the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 38 to 10 my other big takeaway not only from last night but I think we are kind of getting a bigger picture as far as what this offense looks like and changing the national conversation the national narrative air raid throw the ball throw the ball MJ, in front of a national television audience, this team ran the ball for 261 yards. And as Kingsbury has said since day one, what is it going to take for us to win a ball game? Do we have to throw it 50 times or run it 50 times? I don't care as long as we win at the end of the game. And I think last night was a perfect example of that. They did it both with the pass and the run, but they sealed that win on the ground last night.
1: First time I've heard him mention this, he did it on his uh, Zoom call with us on Monday like he normally does. He said that they want to run the ball 60% in this offense. He said 60-40. You would think it'd be, it's never going to be 50-50 just based on down and distance. Teams are throwing the ball more on first down and second down. But that was the first time that that number came up. Not 55-45, not 60. I mean, he's going 60-40 here. You, You know, you'd think it's, 55-45, 55-45, but that's how committed they are to the run game, and we've t- we've banged this drum forever. In this offense, the running game sets up the passing game.
0: And then when you get that passing game going and you get a big lead like the Cardinals did in the second quarter, you're up 21-0. You don't need to throw the ball anymore. In fact, Kyle Murray only attempted, what, five passes in the second half, completed only one, and they rushed it. 20 times in the quarters 3 and 4. Winning football, complimentary football.
1: Yeah, Murray the first quarter 5 of 14 for 31 yards, second quarter 3 of 5 for 97 yards. He had two touchdowns in the second quarter. One was the 80-yarder. Um third quarter 0 for 2. They settled for a field goal. Fourth quarter 1 for 3 for a 60-yarder. So again, um, the biggest stat for me is he did not turn the football over. He only was sacked one time, and I can live with that. He was,
0: and credit to the offensive line for keeping him upright, sacked once and hit only one other time. And you have to account for Kyler Murray, even though his numbers weren't great. In the words of Kingsbury, quote, I think anybody that watched the game, he, talking about Murray, had a pretty dominant performance. You wouldn't think that when you're completing just 9 of 24 pass attempts, but it's the threat of running. It's what he can do with his legs that you have to account for, and if the passing game wasn't there, then you could still run the football, and the Cardinals were able to run the ball effectively against the Cowboys.
1: Well, if, if you had a, um, a Statue of Liberty quarterback, and you complete 9 passes, you're going to lose. He's a dual threat. And his, his running is just as effective as his passing. Now, he's got to get better on these, these 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 timing throws. We know he, he's got a strong arm. That will come. I think he was pressing last night just because of the, the hype all week, and I think he didn't want to make a mistake, and that's human nature for me uh, when it comes to Kyler Murray. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, um, you know, they can do both. And I thought they, you know, found a little bit of a – traction when they played the Jets when it came to the passing game but uh, this team can line up and run the football and this team can line up and throw it and we're starting to see them try to spread teams out they, you know four wide five wide use a running back or a tight end as a fifth guy so Cliff's comfortable with his offense and I thought his play calling was outstanding on Monday Night Football.
0: Murray, very critical of himself after the ball game. quote, I could have been a lot better. And then when asked about appreciating a win, his first on Monday Night Football, he added, quote, a part of me wants to, but a lot of me is frustrated right now because it wasn't as good as it should have been, wasn't as accurate as I should have been. It wasn't up to par to my standards, so I got to do better, end quote. And in particular, it's the misfires to DeAndre Hopkins, and leaving Larry Fitzgerald wide open in the end zone and missing him. I'm guessing that if you had those throws again, 99 times out of 100, Murray makes those completions just for whatever reason, going back to Texas, AT&T Stadium, the hometown kid coming back to play the hometown team, maybe it did get to him a little bit, and he was too amped up.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, I I think he'll learn from it. Um, you know, this week they're going to Seattle. Um,
0: Seattle's coming here.
1: Sorry, Seattle's coming here. They're going to have 1,200 fans. Um, so I don't think you'll see, feel the same pressure. Plus, I feel like this team is more comfortable, even though the Cardinals have won three road games already. Remember what I always talk about? Try to win five games at home. I mean, you want to win eight, but let's be realistic here. The other team gets paid. You scratch out a few road wins, and they and, and during this three-and-one, Um, on the road, they have conference wins. Take away the Jets game, they got conference wins. And that goes a long way when it comes to tiebreakers.
0: Yeah, the one, though, that I'll always point to is the loss at Carolina, although the big reason why, perhaps, no one played well, but specifically defensively, someone we talked about already. That was the game Buda Baker was not on the field for.
1: Yeah, and we know how much poor tackling, guys were running free. Uh, I go back to the Lions in the Panthers game. Those are very winnable games, and again, nobody's going to go 16-0, at least I don't think. Um, but again, when we look back at the season, if this team finishes with eight wins, we're going to play the what-if game. So I think they're on pace right now for eight or nine wins, and if you get lucky and you get to stay healthy, maybe you get to 10. Um, but right now, you're, you're looking at one of those wild-card bursts.
0: Being able to run the football, though, for me, the biggest takeaway about this offense, especially on the national stage, because there is a perception that Cliff Kingsbury wants to throw the ball first, second, third, fourth, and so on, yet... If you're able to get a lead, and even if you don't have the lead, if you just keep pounding it and pounding it, this Cardinals offensive line has done a very good job. Justin Murray stepping in for J.R. Sweezy at right guard, not only protecting Kyler Murray, but opening up rushing lanes for Kenyon Drake.
1: Yeah, we mentioned this on the postgame show. This is my thoughts. You know, Sweezy, very physical guy, so lose a little physicality there. Um, but when it comes to Murray, when it comes to his pass protection, he's 73.5. They're both about even in, in the run game. So Murray brings a little more athleticism. He can play four different positions on the line. He could play both guard spots. He could play both tackle spots. They got Josh Jones, you know, waiting in the wings. Humphrey's on their contract for the next few years. And all the credit goes to Sean Coogler, James Saxon, and Steve Hyden, the tight ends coach, because they put together the running game uh, and then bring it to the head coach, and he has to decide what he's going to do he's on game day.
0: And I know people have a love-hate relationship with pro football focus, but DJ Humphreys for the second straight week graded out very, very well, and that was someone coming off a back issue, back spasms, if you only showed up on the injury report on Saturday. you got to jump on a plane, fly to Dallas, and there's a question mark, a legit question mark on, one, could he play, and, two, if he does play, how effective would he be? Well, he played very, very well left tackle, and this was a Cowboys defense that was missing pieces yet still has shown the ability to get to the quarterback.
1: Did you hear Demarcus Lawrence's name last night? I did not. Alden Smith? Did not hear his name. Maybe he was a spy in or Jalen Smith. Yeah, I mean Demarcus Lawrence, he's one of the highest paid defensive line um in football. And he you know, he's had a great career. But I think he's got one sack.
0: Yeah, he had only five. Last season, and that was after double-digit sacks in each of his two previous years, so there was an air of expectation that so far he hasn't lived up to.
1: No, and I think it was early in the week when one of the players said, when I think Vance, when he was talking about their defense, how many Pro Bowl players and all pros they had.
0: Mason Cole brought it up. Mason there were eight Cole. Pro Bowl players yeah. on that Cowboys defense, and they have the talent. They just haven't been able to mesh as a unit.
1: You just wonder, you know, somebody's going to be the scapegoat there in Dallas. You wonder if it's going to be Mike Nolan. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's got a contract. I don't know if they have buyer's remorse already because they have a lot of talent. It's just some reason they just haven't been able to put it together. And they've had talent over the years. They spend money. um, You know, obviously, you know, Jerry's, you know, he's in the draft room, but I think he relies on some of his his draft experts, the guys out there in the field. But they haven't won a Super Bowl since the late 80s.
0: Yeah, but as we talked about, that's their problem, not ours. <laughs> good point.
1: I, I I think the Cowboys are good for the NFL. You know how I feel about Jerry Jones, but it's just it's it's suffocating when you when you watch the game last night and all the conversation today is about the Cowboys. But you know what? If they continue to win, they are going to have no choice to talk about the Redbirds.
0: Well, and Cardinal fans, if you want more on the Arizona Cardinals. I invite you to subscribe to the Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Certainly a much better conversation here following a win on Monday Night Football, and yes, a little bit is overreaction Tuesday, but certainly on the national stage, this team not only answered the bell, but I think for a lot of people, MJ exceeded expectations. This was not a shootout. This was a blowout, and I don't know how many people anticipated that happening to end Week Six. Yeah,
1: I agree with that, and and actually, I thought it was going to be a shootout. I, I you know, I don't know if it would have came down to the fourth quarter, kind of like every like any NFL game comes down because teams figure, I, I you know, I'm gonna let it all out there. I don't want to lose. Um, but, yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was a shootout, it was a blowout. And, and the Cardinals definitely um, were the much better team, and we'll see if this carries over to next week because there's nothing better than knocking off the Seattle Seahawks at home.
0: Especially for a team that hasn't been able to do it at State Farm Stadium since 2012. Winless in their
1: last seven games. So 0-6-1?
0: Correct. Got to well, remember I'm, that tie.
1: Can I say it again? I'm just... Hopefully Cardinal fans don't sell their tickets. Um, Again, you can do what you want with them. That's your money. But 1,200 fans here, I I hope all 1,200 are Cardinal fans.
0: One other note coming off last night, at least as we speak here on this Tuesday, no new issues with regard to injuries popping up in that contest which is good to know especially on a defense that is already missing chandler jones i'm sure there's some bumps and bruises but when you place a jr sweezy on injured reserve and a rashard lawrence on injured reserve ahead of this game that certainly hurts the depth but as we talked about it certainly opens up opportunities for someone else, i.e., Justin Murray, and then defensively, like 2 played well, a lot more
1: well, we should be getting some guys back though. Kylie Fitz was close, Jalen Thompson was close, correct? Correct, so we should be getting the Cardinals should be getting some guys back, um, and that's going to help. And, and, and we haven't talked about him, uh, we haven't even mentioned Byron Murphy, and, and, and you know, we've done a couple different shows and we mentioned him, but Byron Murphy. Even Deontay Thompson, he, he's looking a lot better, more comfortable out there, more confident coming down in the box, making tackles. So, again, I like I like the vibe and I like the mojo this team has. Now, again, it, it, you know, as I told you on the Red Sea report, I reached out to someone this morning just to get his thoughts on the game and the organization, and he said, we're on to Seattle.
0: And that's got to be the mindset for a lot of NFL players, although for me personally, well, I'm extending this feeling – to maybe Wednesday, and, hey, we, and, and, and Wednesday is, the team is back on the field, and I think that's when you can close the book on hey, that.
1: Hey, this is our show. You're running the show. We, we can do whatever we want, but I, I just want, because we get calls on the postgame, and they're telling me who the Cardinals have beaten and what their records are, but frankly, once again, they don't make the schedule, they play it, but I kind of have a coaching perspective here, like focus on the next game. And then you get the bye week. Don't don't start looking at the bye week now because you know what? Nobody is leaving town. Nobody's going to Cabo. Nobody's going to Vegas. Nobody's going to L.A. Players got to get tested every day. So it's going to be a different bye week. And if you're committed, uh, you're going to get the work in. And I'm sure guys are going to get together and kind of hang out and, you know, uh, social distancing. But... Um, It's going to be a much different bye week this year for all all teams, including the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Six games into the season and four and two. More importantly right now, second place by themselves in the NFC West because they have the one win in the division, and the Rams have yet to play anyone in the division. Excuse me, the Rams 0-1 in the division. They lost to the 49ers on Sunday Night Football.
1: Uh, Right now the Cardinals are a six seed. So they would be the second sixth seed and then the Rams are the seventh seed and according to my Niagara Falls math there, three NFC West teams. Seattle will be a one seed, Cardinals six seven. A lot of football still to be played, but just to give you an idea where they are after six weeks.
0: Without question, the toughest division in all of football.
1: Yeah. I want to say one other thing and it's me, maybe I'm just biased when it comes to Fitz. If he would have caught called- Fitz
0: or Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, okay, sorry. That's-
1: <laughs> you're funny yeah one spell's a different than the other i guess i gotta be more uh specific if he would have caught that pass craig he would have had 14 um 1400 catches now he's not going to catch rice It would have been on monday night football and i'm glad the cardinals did not put him out there so he he's stuck on three one three nine nine so thirteen hundred ninety nine He'll likely get that in the first quarter, hopefully, in, this, in the Seahawks game. But that would have been telling on Monday Night Football, just to put him up there. Um, I talked to Larry, or texted him briefly yesterday, and he said, I want to win the game, Mike. I don't, I'm not really worried about that. But it would been nice to get it over with and just kind of move on. But he is looking for what they call a benchmark. He's got all the numbers. It's just It's just part of the resume and the credentials moving forward. But it would have been nice to see him do it. Uh, It didn't happen. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, He doesn't worry about it, so we won't. But next game, we're going to be talking about him second. Um, He's always been second, but 1,400 catches is pretty impressive. By the way, you've brought up that stat now for the past three games. Thanks for the reminder. (laughs) But hey. Well, he was at eight.
0: If you're winning, though, it doesn't matter. To a certain extent, as long as you're a part of a winning team, and right now this team is winning, and you shouldn't be concerned about targets, touches, and all that.
1: I agree with you, and the fact is when it happens and it's going to happen in the next game, it's just going to be the calendar date and week. It's not going to matter if he got it last week or, or two weeks ago.
0: Bird gang, enjoy it. It's deserving, and yes, if you want, you can gloat a little bit because there is no better feeling than one, winning, two, winning on a national stage, and three, yes, beating the Dallas Cowboys. We'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We will move on to Seattle beginning with our next show here. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Greg Riolu. We'll talk to you next time on Cardinals Cover 2.